Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm 5, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. And I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about ADHD. And the first question I have for you is, does ADHD affect adults? Ah, well, the answer to that is actually yes. So ADHD, or Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, it is most common in children. So far fewer adults have ADHD, and some people with ADHD in childhood find things get better when they are adults. I think less than like 50%. Uh, Basically, their symptoms, they become less noticeable. And in some cases, symptoms from childhood ADHD can go away entirely when one reaches adulthood. But you know, the problem is often more with those around the person not really understanding what ADHD really is. Yes, well, for that reason, we should explain, uh, and I've got lots of questions about this. Um, how do you explain ADHD like I'm five? It's a neurodevelopmental disorder, or I guess to a five-year-old. Uh, it basically affects how people think and act. So, you know, we should put a finer point on it here to be accurate, though. People with ADHD specifically can have trouble paying attention, or they can be overly active. Uh, or a combination of the two, and also uh, attributes like being very impulsive. People with ADHD usually have problems um, focusing and remembering what is said or done around them. Oh, interesting. Lots of people think it's just being hyperactive. Yeah, yeah, or like being on a sugar high or something, right? (laughs) Um, It is a pretty common misconception that ADHD simply means being hyper or being unable to focus. But a more uh, accurate way to describe it would be not as an attention deficit, but more of an executive function deficit, right? So unfortunately, the idea that people with ADHD are lazy is also pretty pretty common. But actually, people who suffer from ADHD can be remarkably productive, just not always in the areas that they need or want to be at the moment. Yes, I've heard that, especially from some parents. Um, You know, there are some people who don't believe in the whole concept. Yeah, yeah, it is still definitely being debated. Um, some people do not agree you know, more about the diagnosis of ADHD. They say that the number of people with ADHD has increased a lot in the last several years. Uh, some people think this is because doctors are maybe diagnosing too many people. And that's also why so many parents of children with ADHD are kind of skeptical of their own diagnosis. They see that their you know, young son, Jeffrey, has trouble sitting still and paying attention to homework and chores, yet he can sit down in front of a video game for hours at a time, right? So it must be that he's just slacking off. Uh, He doesn't really have trouble focusing. So one way to kind of ELI-5 explain this is the acronym uh, ICNU, which stands for Interest, Challenge, Novelty, and Urgency. So basically, if something doesn't meet one of those four criterias, one of those four categories, someone with ADHD just isn't going to be able to do it. So this actually explains the video game phenomenon a little bit. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, It has elements of interest and challenge, novelty, Uh, but things like doing the dishes, right? That's not interesting, it's not challenging, (laughs) Um, but not, not yet. But once that person with ADHD actually needs to clean dishes, then it kind of, then it gets done because it now meets one of those, one of those four criteria. So in that sense, putting things off until the very last second is kind of a a coping mechanism for ADHD rather than a symptom of itself. 
So that's also why video games in particular are like the stereotypical ADHD hobby slash addiction. Most video games check all four of those ICNU boxes all at once. You know, they were kind of practically made for people with ADHD. So what causes it? What happens in the brain with someone who has ADHD? Mm. So, uh, so basically it's due to a deficit in the amount of dopamine that brain receptors release within the synapses in the brain. It's actually a lack of neurotransmitters. It's the brain, it's, you know, the brain of someone with ADHD is always looking for a stimulus, right? Uh, and that's why ADHD people are actually prescribed uh, certain stimulants because they kind of they can affect that neurotransmitter function. And ADHD is called a neurological development disorder because it, it does affect how people's nervous systems develop. And how is it diagnosed? How do they discover that someone has it? Yeah, yeah, that's really important. Basically, there's something called uh, DSM-5 criteria. DSM stands here for Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, and it's basically a set of criteria defined by the American Psychiatric Association. They need to see six out of nine long-term symptoms of you know this inattention, this hyperactivity, this impulsivity, uh, and to be considered, you know, several symptoms, several symptoms must have appeared by the age of six to twelve, and it also occur in more than one environment, you know, both at school and at home, etc. So, what is the treatment for it, and is there a cure? Unfortunately, no. There is no cure that we know of yet. People with ADHD can be helped with therapy or medication. Therapy is recommended for children who do not have bad systems or are still very young. Really, the first line of treatment for ADHD includes cognitive, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and some use of stimulants. What do you mean by stimulants? Yeah, yeah. So stimulants, you know, they, they can increase the amount of dopamine in the brain, which helps with things like paying attention, planning, organization, and management of that kind of overly activeness. But you can't really use these medications with children below the age of six. Ah, I remember we did an episode on dopamine, which was uh, pretty fascinating. Yep, yep. Uh, we answered the question, is dopamine a feel-good drug? That's right. The answer was a little bit surprising. Um, but before we run out of time, I have a final question. We used to hear people say ADD, um, but now we hear people say ADHD much more often. Is there a difference between ADD um, and ADHD? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, so prior to the 1980s, what we have been talking about was known as a hyperkinetic reaction of childhood. <laughs> then the condition was officially known as ADD, the Attention Deficit Disorder, in 1980, which lasted until 1987, when we further defined basically the broader ADHD. These days, we don't use the term ADD anymore, really, because we now define it actually as a subtype of ADHD. That's right. You alluded to the two different types, two main types of uh, ADHD earlier, and we should just make sure we're clear on this before we end. What are the subtypes? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so to be clear on this, the first type, the first subtype is ADHD hyperactive. So basically, this is the symptoms of impulsivity uh, with a significant amount of hyperactivity. You know, think things like uh, fidgeting or squirming in your seat or finding it really hard to wait for one's turn. And the second subtype is ADHD inattentive, which has impulsivity, but without the hyperactiveness, uh, predominantly, you know, certain things like inattention. Think of someone who overlooks details or making careless mistakes. 
someone who does not maybe finish following instructions or failing to complete tasks. So that second one, to be clear, is, is what used to be called ADD. Fascinating. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you have comments and suggestions for us. As always, thank you to the community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.